Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Testing, testing, (sighs) one, two, three. Testing stuff and things and stuff. Hello, my name is Dean. Uh, I'm just looking for someone who can just, you know, hold me tight. (laughs) And and support your various uh, shows. Yes, and support me financially for the rest of my life. Thank you. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. We're almost a year into the podcast at this point and we've seen some absolute classic films. Films which have won awards, have legions of fans and are critically acclaimed as important pieces of art. This is not one of those films because we are reviewing Spice World. That's right, it's the uh, 90s answer to A Hard Day's Night as we watch the five Spice Girls basically just fart around on screen for about an hour and a half. But joining me to review this film as it turns 20 years old, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. And our guest who has seen the film and a little bit of of a Spice Girls fan, it's soon to be Dr. Ellen Sears. Welcome, Ellen. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Um... How far away are you on the on the whole doctoring thing, just while we're in the PhD race between you and Sarah? Sure. Um, we're, I'm probably going to be handing it in at some point in March before I go away to Italy. Cool. So almost a doctor. Almost a doctor, yeah. About, about I'm sort of in the last two months, or as I like to say, the final death throes. Mm. You are a Big Spice Girls fan. I was... Uh, a preteen in the 90s. Yes, I was. Yes, I'm a big Spice Girls fan. <laughs> and uh, obviously you've seen this film before, I'm presuming, as part of your Spice Girl fandom. Yes, I went and saw it. But it was about... The, the film came out about at the time when uh, it was starting to be uncool to be a Spice Girls fan. Um, and also it was not very long after this that they actually broke up. So I actually didn't get to see this film with a bunch of girlfriends. I went and saw it with my dad. Mm who uh, there's 30, nearly, nearly, nearly 40 years between us. So he would have been... Late 40s. Late 40s. And it was just me and him, him just kind of awkwardly in the, in the theatre with me. So that was a, a fun, like, <laughs> father-daughter bonding moment. I don't think he really got it. He was just sort of, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> he, he doesn't strike me as a sort of 90s Britpop girl power kind of uh, music fan. No, but the movie was PG and I was like eight or something. Mm. And so it was like, no, you can't go and see this by yourself. You have to be accompanied by an adult. And because my mum worked night shift as a nurse when I was a kid, that task went to my dad. So the poor thing had to sit through this film with me. Yeah. Did did he enjoy it? I, you know, I actually didn't particularly ask afterwards. I should ask him if he remembers seeing it because I don't, honestly, I think he's probably just like expunged it from his memory. Mm-hmm. No. Well, you know, 
It's what all good fathers do. Uh, and joining us as our guest who has not seen the film and entering the Spice World for the first time, it's Dean Lovett. Hello. Now, Dean, uh, what are your thoughts on the Spice Girls just in general? Were you a fan back in the day? Uh, I think they, I don't want to say before my time because that makes me sound young. Uh, <laughs> they, I have no problem with them. No, <laughs> they were good. never really my thing. I like a bit of Brit pop, but like, I like kind of Brit pop rock like the kooks or the wombats okay. uh i don't know if that pop quite would have been i don't think i was the, the target demographic anyway so no that's that's fair but you know just i was just curious um, appreciate them for the phenomenon that they were indeed and uh, you've not seen the spice world film uh no i mean full full disclosure i think i have it was just so long ago, I couldn't tell you if I watched the whole thing. I, I just recently, before we even started this, I got multiple actors wrong in the movie. Uh, I recall they're on a bus. Uh, yes. And there's Spice Girls in it. There are Spice Girls on a bus. So it'll be interesting to see if partway through this I go, oh, that's that part. Mm. Or we'll see. Yes, well, you're far enough removed to be sitting in the haven't seen it chair. Yes, so. I've expunged it. From my <laughs> yeah, maybe that's gonna that's gonna be the word of the podcast, obviously. Yeah, maybe it's a male thing. Maybe men just expunge. I resent that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, without any further ado, uh, shall we watch the film? Sure. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at home, prepare to pop in your DVDs and your Ziggy Ziggars as we prepare to watch Spice World. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Spice World, and by uh, we, I, of course, mean uh, soon-to-be Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello. And everyone's favourite uh, Bogan Shakespeare creator, Mr. Dean Lovett. G'day. So, guys, uh, Spice World, we, we've just, I, I think, gotten through it, is, is the <laughs> polite way of putting it. on, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's, get, let's get your first thoughts, Dean. What, what did you think of the Spice Girls movie? Uh wasn't good. No, it wasn't, was it? There wasn't much of a story. I, okay, so if something is bad, but completely aware of how bad it is, mm. does that mitigate it being bad? As in, if the, if the film goes out of its way to point out that this yeah. is... It, it's it's a very particular type of thing. It's it's a, it's t- it's a tie-in film. It's, this, is a, this film only exists because this property this band wanted to make a film yeah and it wasn't a good one at that but then they go out of their way to talk just just make fun of themselves and the Mm. movie i mean it's it was the meta parts with the guy pitching the film Mm. is clearly an example of like they they admit that it's it's almost like they admit it's a cash-in from day one yeah uh but does that make it okay does it make make it okay for you? Like, is that what what what's your gut instinct? I guess. I Dean? went back and forth. Uh, I feel like, I guess, at the end of the day, like it can mitigate some of the crappiness of a film, mm. but only to a point. Uh, and that film just went on entirely too long. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was only a ninety-three minute film, Dean. Entirely too <laughs> long. Uh, <laughs> Ellen, obviously, this is your first time watching it in a couple of years, is it? Yeah, I watched yeah. it a couple of years ago, and previous to that, I probably oh, I had a, I had a VHS copy of it, mm. so you know I probably watched it a few times like after it came out as well. So mm. yeah. how how was it this this uh, most recent viewing? I tell you what, the, the older I get, the more of the like in jokes and little bits and pieces I tick I sort of 
get as mm-hmm. I go along. Because like when I was a kid, like so much of the like so many of the jokes just went right over my head. Mm-hmm. It's that very classic thing where it's pitched towards kids, but they were like obviously all of these kids are going to have to go with their parents, and so there's lots of other little like in jokes and references yeah. and things. Any them. jokes in particular? Because I I didn't find any as we were watching this film. Um, but but any <laughs> any jokes in particular that. Well, not so much the jokes. It was just more like various references and stuff. Like, you know, the fact that Jerry's got that recurring thing where every time that they're talking about something, she suddenly then goes, I have this random factoid. Everyone's just rolling their eyes at her. Like, Like, all that stuff just went like way over my head as a kid. What about the the coffee shop on the corner Mm. where they met up when they were young? Mm. Like, to me, that was clearly a pub. Oh, the exterior. And they've just gone, oh, we'll make it a coffee shop because that's acceptable. You know. But meanwhile, they were talking about various, like, uh, they, had, they had quite a lot of sexual references, which I think is mm. why this got the PG rating in Australia. Mm. Because obviously, like, Jerry talks about um, whatever it is, the animal that goes and pees on. Mm. Oh, yeah, the animal the that pees as, a, like, a mating uh thing yeah absolutely and i mean you know even things like oh jerry why don't you take your top off and like you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i feel like it's the sexual references um how mild they might be and the uh milanese dancing boys yeah yeah mm. and the butts yeah so what did you think ellen i mean obviously you're a fan of the spice girls from yes back I am the a fan of the spice girls. are you oh, still a fan yeah okay yeah so what did you think of the film then because oh, I'm not, I'm not entirely a, a, against it. No. I think it, it is objectively a bad film. Yeah. But I also think that something can be said, and I've, I've long thought this when it comes to comedy as well, mm. is if it looks like people are having fun doing what they're doing, mm. uh, you often just kind of forgive them. Mm. Like, you oh, know, yeah. This is, this is very obviously not a good film. And it's never been a good film and it's never going to be a good film. Mm. But I think that that's okay. And I think also as well, like this wasn't pitched towards like, you know, us now. Mm. This was pitched towards like during the height preteen of girls yeah. during the height of their fame, who would have just been like, "Oh my god, they're on a movie screen!" Like you know. But it, I mean, it's it, it seems to me I'd be curious to hear what they had a hand in the writing. Oh, they probably did. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it just comes across to me as like they are just doing this for a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and part of it is just them knowing that it's not going to be good. And just mm. be like, whatever. Yeah, I, mean, it, it, I mean, it does sort of fit into that tradition, uh, really, that started with the Beatles, with things like A Hard Day's Night, where yeah. it's just a bunch of super popular musicians farting around and mm. having some fun on camera. And, you know, they, they do look like they have fun, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think enough of that mm. spills over into um, the audience because, who boy. It's, it's, it's very mm. sort of like pantomime villains and... Yeah. Well, like, uh, all, all, all the tropes and let's see how many different genres of film we can throw in here. True, and... but it, it, they're, they're, I think part of the... But I think part of the reason why I didn't enjoy this film that much, mm. and quite frankly, I, I just didn't... And this isn't the first time I've seen it. No, I, I know. I've definitely enjoyed it less this time. And I think it's partly because those pantomimic and meta beats that they hit... Mm aren't hit very well um i i, I think other mm. other texts when they're other films when they're trying to be meta or silly or you know essentially creating this sort of heightened reality i think have done it much better than this because quite frankly it was all over the place this yeah. film stylistically plot wise there was it was, yeah, it was there was no consistency yeah. i get like suddenly they were doing like sketches yeah uh, cutaway sketches you yeah know? Mm. Yeah, and you know, but then again, which weren't horrible. It's 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 the Spice Girls film, you know. It's yeah. it's it's not 
you know, if it was even if it was directed by Christopher Nolan, I don't think it would have a massive amount so, of weight. Okay. So how much of this film, and, and let's talk about like writing, because mm. obviously there wasn't much plot. It was kind of this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. It was all, it was. It wasn't, it was wasn't really plot. It was more like how many obstacles can we put in their way and have yeah. it still seem plausible. Were mm. they obstacles? I mean, and was there than, plausibility? <laughs> other than a general tension of of the band, mm. uh, and then I guess the friend who was pregnant, uh, and then obviously the newspaper trying to take him down. Most of it was just spent on them just doing things at yeah. different times. So I guess my question is, how much of that do you think was just them going, that sounds fun? Like a perfect example. Oh, I think most of it. I think yeah. most of it was literally just them going, whatever. I mean, like these girls had a history of, um, I think I mentioned before, but I don't think I, I, I said it on um, on Mike, mm. was that when they originally were getting started, apparently what happened is that they basically said to their manager, you're crap and we don't feel like you're getting us um, as famous as we want to be quickly enough. And so they just sacked him. Right. And they were like five complete no unknowns, words. more or less. Mm. Also, fun fact, there actually was originally, like Emma Bunton, Baby Spice was the last one to join the group, but mm. they originally had another girl in there, but she just didn't really yell with them. And so they kind of got rid of her. Mystery Spice. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'll give you an example of one that I saw that just screamed to me that they just wanted to go, like they just wanted to do it so that the film would pay for it and they could take like a little vacation. And that mm. was the the big Edwardian mansion. Yeah. yeah. Right? So obviously they they went there presumably to go to this dance... Boot expert. camp thing, yeah. Mm. Uh, Mr. Step, please. He's the expert. <laughs> which, uh, I mean, it was ridiculous in and of itself. But that just screamed like, and I mentioned this to you guys. I said like, when it, when it, when a TV show, or like a sitcom, especially, mm. is like in its like sixth, seventh season, and mm. suddenly they do an arc where they all go to England. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're sitting there going, okay. So yeah. the writers wanted to go to England for a bit of fun, yeah. um, and it's you know you can yeah. write it in just fine. Mm. Um, but that screamed to me that they just wanted maybe a weekend away at some big Edwardian mansion. Possibly. I mean, know. I don't know whether or not they were staying on set. I mean, you know, I don't have the set diaries in front of me. But yeah, look, it's it, it's it's just a fun, silly film. I mean, going through it, it, you know, it starts with a Top of the Pop sequence. And that really dates it that it was original Top of the Pops <laughs> that they're on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they have the Elton John cameo where they give him a bunch oh, of kisses. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Elton lot, lot of so cameos. many cameos. Yeah, um, Elton John and the Spice Girls were actually reasonably good friends. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that, yeah, they that really will were. come up in the trivia trawl slightly later. Um, mm. The other thing that I liked about the beginning bit was the kind of like James Bond opening bit mm. with all the silhouettes of them dancing and whatever else. Yeah, and a lot of James Bond references. A lot of James Bond film. references in this yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it helps when you have former James Bond, uh, Sir Roger Moore, playing Absolutely. the chief. Mm. Uh, did you did you enjoy the bit where Victoria was dressed up and she had the knife and the white oh, bikini oh, was, was um, doing the thing? Yeah. Uh, Ursula Andrews from um, Doctor Now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that was good. Lots um, and lots of... I think they were just waiting. Just, just, yeah. just do this. Why you, not? You know, they're a British film. The James Bond films are very successful British films. How much do you think was ad hoc? Like, how much do you think do you... was just on-the-fly type? Like, oh, let's do this and let's do this. and let's... Because there was a lot of random sequences. Mm. And obviously, as we well know, to get stuff like that done is incredibly complex. I reckon a lot of it was ad-libbed. Like, I reckon a lot of the conversations, that, like, they, they were probably just told, like, oh, here's the basic gist of what needs to happen in this mm. scene and then just go for it. I, th- I think a lot of the the scenes where they're on the bus talking to each other. I think all that would have been scripted, but obviously scripted mm. to suit their... They're not acting, they're playing themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think things like the photo shoot sequence, they would have prepared 
the costumes, you know, they would have prepared the fact, okay, you're going to dress up as Jackie Onassis and you two are going to dress up as Danny and Sandy from Greece. And then you're all going to dress as a different Spice Girl because yeah. that's fun. But a lot of their interaction within that scene was probably just them mucking around. Mm. Would would be my instinct, would be my feeling. Mm. And that's perfectly fine. I'm sure if I was a, you know, a nine, ten-year-old girl in the 90s watching this, I'd be like, oh, this is so great. And, you know, I'd be like, whichever... Spice Girl was my favourite, and they were dressing up as this thing I'd probably really enjoy. But that but, was my problem. I I didn't know the Spice Girls well enough. Mm. It took at least a few of them before I recognised that they were dressing up as each other, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, here's, here's, while, while while we're speaking about them, um, do we have a favourite Spice Girl? I mean, we'll start with you, Ellen. Because well, you've... obviously Baby Spice, because I'm blonde, and I always had to be Baby Spice whenever we played Spice Girls in playground. So you know, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Obviously, Dean, do you have a favourite Spice Girl? really (laughs) if i had to choose so baby spice is a cool but i always get a little bit weirded out by that kind of infantilizing Mm. fantasy for women that's fair where it's like they're playing (laughs) younger because it just feels a bit like uh, to be fair though they would have been because emma's the youngest of them Mm. and uh, she would have been still a teenager probably at this point. Really? And the others, yeah, no, they were all really, like, hella young. Like, they were, like, mm. late teens, very, very scary. early 20s. Scary yeah, sc- scary does seem like good Scary's fun. Scary's great. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. She seems like someone I could get along with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, actually, my favourite is, is probably Baby as well, actually. Aww. Well, I, I just think <laughs> it's more just obviously growing up in the UK and, and more knowing them from their post- Spice career. Um, Emma they Bunt- kept going though. I mean, after yeah. Ginger left in '98, well, they, um, they they kept on going. They released a whole other album in 2000, mm. and like, but uh, you know, they all went off and did their own things. And Emma yeah. Bunton, Emma Bunton, just always seems like a really nice person. And I think that's yeah. partly maybe why the characteristic of Baby Spice being like the young, happy, you know, mm. like bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. Kind yeah, of more or less. Archetype. Optimistic. I think it's partly reflective of her actual personality that she's mm. pretty much just a really nice person. So, right. yeah. yeah. I watched a video recently and it was a bunch of people from like BuzzFeed or something like that. And they got, she she was coming in for something and they went, oh, we're going to surprise them. Like they, they got people in who were like super big Spice Girls fans from back in the day, mm. and they were all sitting at a desk saying like, "What do you love about the Spice Girls?" Oh, I love this and that and the other thing. And then she like snuck out from behind the curtain and was like, "Hi!" And they were all like crying like, "Oh my god, and you are my favorite, and I love you so much." And she was just like, "Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much." Like she was just really gorgeous, and I was like, "Oh, Emma, you're so cute." Do you think she has a sponsorship with like Chupa Chup? There were a lot of lollipops in this film. Like she there are obviously a lot of lollipops part of her thing film. was having a lollipop, but I noticed yeah. a lot of like a lot of the other supporting characters did. And and I'm always one of those guys who's looking out for those little product placements. Mm. <laughs> like these days, they're so much more overt. Back then, they could get away with it just vaguely in the background. Yeah, mm. like the the um, oh, would you like to use a Polaroid? But yeah. like mm. Polaroids, like Spice Girls Polaroids, they were like the thing. Mm. Yeah, and they also the like uh, there was a lot of uh, it, it was definitely a connection with Pepsi. You, and Ford. Yeah, there were lots of Pepsi cans yep. in the film. But, I mean, at that time, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Pepsi were just trying to sponsor lots of different musicians. So, you know, mm. they, they had the connection with Britney Spears. I'm pretty sure there was an advert with Robbie Williams in the UK uh, and sports stars as well. Mm. So, But, yeah, the product placement is really, like, like I saw the, subtle in this The Ministry of Sound logo. Yeah, yeah. The and they went yeah, to the nightclub. Now, you saw half of that logo blurred. Mm. Now I know what the Ministry of Sound logo looks like because mm. I'm a I'm a fan, mm. uh, but I if I have to imagine if I'd paid X amount of money, mm. I'd be like um. But to be what? fair, can you imagine how many people would have seen the Spice World movie? 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, like, and I guarantee that remix that they had at the club oh, yeah. of their song was from Ministry of Sound. I would say so, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Product yeah. placement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it just depends on who the company is and what they want. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a bit different with, say, for example, something like the more modern James Bond films where there are very overt uh, product placement things with uh, things like Heineken, for example. We're yeah. just going to um, very carefully place this Apple iMac computer so that like you can see the Budweiser, entire logo. You know, the Transformers. Have you seen like just how much Budweiser there is in the Transformers movie? I haven't I seen. I don't the Transformers. watch Transformers. There's movies. literally a scene in the middle of like a chaotic war scene where Mark Wahlberg just oh. finds some Budweiser that's been knocked off a truck and just goes, "Yep, now's the time <laughs> to," and just downs it. And you're like, "Okay, all right." I know the Not subtle. the recent Power Rangers film had a very big Krispy Kreme. Uh, sort of scene oh, wow. running through. Yeah, like the whole like there was a whole part where the the MacGuffin that Rita Repulsa needed was beneath the Krispy Kreme. So it was always like defend the Krispy Kreme, something mm. the Krispy Kreme, Krispy Kreme. Like, so you know what? In in that sense, Spice World is actually a better film than a lot of what we have <laughs> in the nineties. Uh, this is nineties, right? Yeah, yeah, nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The nineties was a lot more subtle with its product placement. These mm. days, mm. like they pay top dollar and they want like pride of mm. place. Yeah. Mm, um, we haven't touched on Richard E. Grant, who plays oh God, Clifford, so the agent. <laughs> he's so um, great. Oh, wow. And is like the one person in this film actually trying to act and have a storyline and an arc. Is he? I think so. I, I feel like he was just playing. Gosh, okay. Uh, uh, pantomime. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was pantomime. Do you think he was yeah. like, what, what, if you had to give him a label from pantomime? Uh, oh, I would probably say. Uh, probably El Capitano. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, a mix of Il Capitano, who's kind of like the very brash, kind of like Zap Brannigan type figure, for those of you who haven't done children's theatre courses. Um, <laughs> uh, sort of like a mix of that sort of characteristic and the old miser, the pantalone. Yeah. Um, who's more like a Mr. Burns, because, you know, he's constantly like... He and the girls are... They, they have a relationship and they're on the same side, but they they get turned against each other briefly. Mm. Um and, and, and then yeah, every time a mouse runs along the forest, ah! and just freaks out. Yeah, it's it's that mixture of I I am in a position of power, but also I'm just kind of this weird dude with excellent animated. suits. Very yeah, animated. I think animated. I think one of my favorite shots of him though is the bit where he goes, I think I've just started to break up the Spice Girls, and then he goes yeah, on the stage with all the lights oh. behind him, like Whoa! it's mm. just. So over the top. It's beautiful. Good suits, though. Excellent Amazing suits. suits. <laughs> Fully <laughs> matching, yeah. like, shiny metallic suits. Like, just... Like, <sighs> I don't know where he kept them. And frequently the changing. Metallic, metallic, like, clothing was very big, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Because if mm. you go back and look at, say, like, the uh, red carpets for the uh, Lord of the Rings films, some of the mm. stuff that, like, the guys wore to those premieres, mm. like, shiny metallic suits, like, mm. that was the thing. Yeah. That was, it was definitely a look at the shiny. time. Yeah. Uh, but I think Richard E. Grant did a good job. I think, I enjoyed it. you know, it, it was, again, it was a big, silly caricature. This whole thing we've we've already observed is is sort of like a heightened reality uh, mm. experience. Yeah. Within so, the world of the film. Yeah, within the world of the film. spot on. He's, he's perfect. And yeah, I just love the, the massive sideburns and the tiny soul patch. Oh, the soul patch. It was, yeah. It's so tragic. And the mirrored was, sunglasses. Yeah. A la The Matrix. Yeah. Although pre-Matrix. Yeah, yeah, pre-Matrix. So, you know, it's... He was very, yeah, matrix to yeah, me. A bit of a forerunner. It, well, it's... And, you know, like, the old, the, the fact that his suits were made out of, like, the tie and the shirt and the pants and the jacket mm. were all made out of the same fabric, like that matchy, mm. matchy, 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 matchy. It's like, mm. oh, yeah, I know, yeah. 
So we, we see the girls getting ready for this big concert. I've just found the plot. I've just been looking through. They're, they're, they're doing a big concert at the Albert yeah. Hall. Their first ever live concert. Somewhere. I know. How did they no, get no, no. this big? No, 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 no. It's not their first live concert. It's the first one that's being like live broadcast is okay. what it is. Okay. 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 If you if you mm. want to, all all I heard was a lot of first and concert and live. I didn't really hear much no, else. Li- it's a live broadcast. That's what they're saying. They're going to be on the television. Right. You okay. obviously just don't pay attention. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal because yeah. it's being broadcast live on TVs all over the world. Because <gasps> they've never been on television before. Yeah. The Spice Girls. No one's met the Spice Girls. It's not like the film started with them on a television show performing a song. Basically, the same thing that they do. But the not a whole film. concert. Did, did the Spice Girls lip sync? Sometimes, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. And uh, for all intents and purposes, from what I understand, like Mel C obviously has a really good voice. Jerry Halliwell's got quite a good voice. Emma's got a reasonably good voice. Mel B's got quite a good voice. Mm. From what I understand, Victoria was not as strong as the others, which is why she doesn't often have solo bits. When she does, it's like really simple. Yeah. Mm. But, you know. Okay. Just throwing some shade on Victoria back. No, 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 no. But like... She did fine. (laughs) She actually did quite good in this Oh, yeah, no, she's she's great. But I mean, like, you know, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, how many more like jokes can we make about the fact that she likes fashion? Although I do like that this dress is dry clean only, Melanie. Like, Mm. just (laughs) so good. Yeah, okay. So let's... uh, I'd like to touch on that. So the whole time... And this is where it becomes like meta to the point of like... At what point does it stop? So mm. they're self-referential, very much so. Yes. And they talk about their stereotypes. Why are people stereotyping Why are people us stereoty- all the time? But then throughout yeah. the entire movie, they do it to themselves. Yes. Like they are in complete control. Mm. Like Sporty Spice was my probably my favorite example. Mm. Every shot was her something, something to do with sports. Mm. You mm. know what I mean? Then we cut to her brooding near the end and she's just holding a soccer ball. Mm. Uh, Dressed in a Liverpool away kit. Like it, it just felt like they were trying to say, like, oh, we're more than that, mm. but we're never going to attempt to be more than that. But then... Well, that was part of their whole advertising shtick, though, was that they had these kind of personalities and they used that as a marketing thing because it was kind of like, we are like all of the every women stereotypes all in one thing. And so every girl can... F- you know, align herself with one of us and mm. da da da, so and simplifying it for my. People. So the cynical me thinks there's some sort of genius mastermind agent or something behind the wings who's like that isn't Clifford, or indeed the no chief. in the real or, world. Or in the real the world, world, in the yeah. real world, maybe that's like, who Roger Moore was is, playing. Need to Simon play Fuller, roles. I think. Simon was Fuller the, was the actual manager. was the actual manager so, after they got rid of the other one. <laughs> so, but the thing is, so so as you watch it and you're like, okay, so they play their stereotypes, mm. and then they say uh, we're more than our stereotypes. But then you kind of get this meta commentary where it's like, yeah, but we, we, we know what we're playing in the movie. So we're going to play to those things. Yeah. And I guess, but then beyond that, you, you flip back to representing our stereotypes. It's like, it's just this big circle of like, at what point um, is what they're doing empowering? Or is it like just yeah. them pigeonholing themselves? Yeah. But if they're pigeonholing themselves... Is it a parody is, or are they, okay? are they smart enough to be parodying But this? then they're saying sure. they don't want to be pigeonholed, but then they're continuing to pigeonhole themselves. Like... It just kind of goes round, and you're like, I don't know what to make of this. I think Spice World could be viewed as a, a satirical masterpiece. No, no, as a <laughs> as a philosophical um, discussion on the concept of your ownership of your own identity, mm. because these identities are very much. Uh, put onto each of the girls by the world around them. It's like, you're the sporty one, have the sporty one. But they're very much enforcing and perpetuating those um, 
identities themselves because they've become immersed in what society has placed upon them. Mm. You have that discussion at the beginning where they deride the concept of the Zodiac signs, or at least Baby Spice does. But you have Jerry Halliwell very much believing in the system of like, yeah, well, you say that because you're an an Aquarius, essentially, Mm. Mm. which is another form of like labeling labeling an identity and maybe it could be a case that that comment at the beginning where you have baby spice trying to break away from that but then she's shown that her identity gives her um gives her agency in the world because then she can use that that innocent look to get out of situations and i think maybe this is actually like a philosophical satirical masterpiece i know it's like <laughs> either this is like it's like the kardashians you know what i mean you're like yeah. either this is just dumb luck mm. and they're kind of just riding the wave or there is some sort of evil mastermind who knows exactly what they're doing behind it. Like, okay, or a so, combination of both. Or a combination of both. I read... No, I was told. Uh, so feel free to fact check me on this. I okay. might be wrong. Uh, that they originally got their nomenclature, their, their spice names, uh, based on a review of them that kind of de- derided them. You know what I mean? Just called them sporty, scary. Rather than by baby. the actual names. Um, and they ended up going, yep. We'll take that. Mm. I honestly don't know. I'd never actually heard that. So, you know. Be nice feels true. I hope it's true. Because it kind of speaks to that whole like, okay, if that's Mm. what you want us to be, we'll be that. But then we'll we'll take ownership of it. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they spend a lot of time, especially in their early career, just basically going like, because they were, because obviously this is kind of the era of like all those pop star programs where people mm. tr- were trying to put together like girl bands and boy bands and various other things by like uh, big, big, big cattle calls and things like that. And so they went through like these great big cattle call things to actually mm. get into this group. And they were called something else and I can't remember what it was, but it was really terrible. Um, and then obviously they so had they another- childhood friends. No, no. Uh, okay. I think I think a couple of them had done like dance lessons or something. Like some of them knew each other like really tangentially, yeah. but yeah. Just doing a little bit of uh, research as we go. So uh, the auditions were held in the mid nineteen nineties. The father and son management team of Bob and Chris Herbert, uh, together with their financer chick murphy placed an advertisement in the stage for auditions for a girl group which was supposed to respond and compete with the boy bands which were dominating in the early 90s right Uh, and of course they eventually you know as you said hundreds of girls auditioned they got it down to the final five who were um mel b uh mel c uh, actually no originally michelle brown might be the only one of the originals uh melanie brown is yes you've got melanie brown melanie lackioe uh, Leanne Morgan, Michelle Stevenson, and Susan Tinker were the original five. Yeah. And then, of course, they brought in other ones. Susan Tinker was unavailable uh, to travel for things. Um, so Victoria Beckham ended up getting bring in, and Jerry Halliwell also got brought in. So mm-hmm. they ended up getting a lot of them uh, replaced. The mm. naming thing... Each member of the Spice Girls uh, were all given notable nicknames by Top of the Pops magazine that described and gave them their individual personas. Um, So there you go. Yeah. Ta-da. Dean Dean knows his stuff. Not led astray. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Interesting. I'd be curious to see, because I I remember this being a big issue in the 90s, and I'm sure it is still an issue today, but Mm. a lot of those pop groups, they, they make very little of what is actually made. That's part of the reason they sacked their first manager. Yeah. Mm. Because they weren't making enough money, they weren't moving fast enough, and they yeah. went, nope, stuff you. I'd be curious to see how much of their just absolute phenomenon, f- you know, hmm. uh, for those, what, five years? 
Five years there was less. If that less, like two, um, three, two, three years where they were just. They so were sort big. of. They were sort I'd of around like ninety six to ninety eight. I reckon it was about maybe like three years. I think it was. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how much they made in that time versus how much they individually took yeah. home. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean as well, like part of a lot of the part of the reason why they broke up uh, initially was obviously like Jerry Halliwell wanted to leave and go and do her own thing, but a lot of that was literally just like they got famous so fast and just kind of exploded. Mm. And, you know, it was just really, really stressful, you know, touring like 24-7, 365 days a year, more or less. Like, it, it takes its toll and it basically destroyed them, mm. which is unfortunate because, you know, they did have some, you know, good stuff. I mean, if you think about like 90s music, they're like one of the big main like pop mm. icons up there. But, you know, they had to keep working. As we learned in June, the spice must flow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what? It, it's it's a June. it's a it's a science fiction novel by Frank Herbert. I know June. I'm mm. just yeah. the spice must flow. Do you think that entire movie was about totally them trying to capture the power of the Spice Girls for interstellar travel? Yeah, totally. It, All right, I'm on board. Why do you think there were aliens, Dean? There might be a script in that. <laughs> Maybe Richard <laughs> E. Grant was a fremen. He had very very blue eyes. Mm. Spice World, a June story. <laughs> Pretty much. Um... <laughs> There was the TARDIS bus we, we touched on the briefly. TARDIS the bus. TARDIS bus. Yeah, the bus. Which, which was, was woefully impractical, other than the fact that it was impossible. Mm. Like, there was no living spaces. There yeah. was no closet spaces. The toilets I, got blocked closet very spaces. easily. I, I saw very small amounts of... They had compared very small to the outfits. amount of costume changes they made. Yeah, they had very small outfits. They actually the repeat but quite a few Their manager costumes. alone had more costume changes than they had closet space. Mm. Maybe. Well, I mean, maybe we didn't see all the floors. I mean, she all... had a swing. It one, was one a double decker bus. Had a swing. Yeah. That is just not safe. Mm. Neither were the shoes they were wearing, though. Let's be real. Neither was having True. meatloaf as the driver. I don't know if he's got <laughs> his heavy vehicle. He license. was just just bat out of hell up in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dear. I, I think meatloaf as a bus meatloaf as a bus driver is not terrible though. Could be, could be all right. Quite a few Rocky Horror alums in here. <laughs> yeah, of course, mm. with uh, Richard O'Brien as well, knocking God, around as the, so the evil paparazzi oh, photographer Damien. <laughs> <gasps> he's gone! <laughs> really, really funny. I really enjoyed that, actually. It was just really You picking silly. your nose in the elevator, another bogey breakfast. And you, you kissing what's-her-face behind the things when you were 12. Oh, he he's very good. good. <laughs> and Barry again, Humphreys. Barry Humphreys doing a really wonderful job. As, as McMaxford. A, yeah, Kevin McMaxford. Oh, wow. Just what is it when he starts crying, uh, smiling? What is what's happening to me? What's happening? That's my face. But the <laughs> the bit where it starts raining inside on his sister, and he's like, "I just wish you wouldn't get so upset, sir." Like, <laughs> whose like... art direction was that? Like, who was sitting there? Like, hmm. <laughs> we need a rain machine for this one, mm. and it wasn't the whole scene. It was literally cut across to this one guy. Mm. Let's put rain on him. Yeah, mm. like it, that just comes across it's to because me he as was someone, getting upset. Someone was, was just like, upset. "Oh, there's a rain machine next door in the studio." Mm. Get it. But don't, don't put it on Barry because it will mess up his wig. So I mean, look, I'm just going to throw it out there and uh, you guys can reply. This was obviously released in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, oh, a lot yeah. Of, a lot of drugs in the music and film industry. Well, how yeah. much Allegedly. of this do you think was fueled by substance? I'm going to say yes. that it, it is my belief that all of the uh, production companies and their employees involved were operating at the height of their capacity and uh, were not imbuing any substances of an illicit or illegal manner as uh, perpetrated by UK law at the time. That said, it did seem as though some people must have been high on something for some of the concepts that they, they put together in this. It, like it, 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 I mean, 
it was just very silly. To be honest, maybe there weren't enough drugs. That, that, would, that <laughs> was Maybe my that thing, was though. the problem. Maybe they needed to up the dosage of, um, of methamphetamines at some point in the production schedule to make this thing better. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a film professional nor a chemist, so I can't say whether or not uh, that my supposition would be correct. Ellen? I have absolutely no idea. Mm. I've never had anything stronger than a codeine tablet, so... I don't know. It just, I'm like, not really an authority on these sorts when of I look, things. When I, when I imagine the stereotype of, like, the 90s, like, mm. like coked up movie maker, manager, yeah. you know, music producer. And how many people died in the 90s, especially musicians. This is what I... This is the product that I would imagine them make. You know what I mean? Like, sitting up in a hotel room, like, oh, my God, and then we'll cut to one side, and it'll be raining. It'll be raining on it. People will find that hilarious. It's so meta. You know what I mean? Like, it. I don't know. It, it, some of this feels like a fever dream. Just, some, just some wanky guy just being like, oh, yeah, stuff, things. Like, yeah, oh. like, there's a big whiteboard on the wall, and it's just a bunch of people in a room just... This, yes, brilliant. That, brilliant as well. That, yep, still brilliant. Like, every idea. Let's just put everything into the film and see what happens. Until they had an hour and a half worth of stuff and went, done, all right, let's all go home. Here's a check. (laughs) You know? Well, speaking of done in a day and let's go home, uh, Roger Moore, who was playing the chief, filmed Mm. all his scenes in one day. Oh, you'd want to. Um, Yeah, which was... You know, good fun, um, and there were a lot of there were a lot of pretty good cameos in this film. I think Stephen Fry, amazing, Stephen and Fry's you know that's the reason why I watched this film last because he was on QI and somebody said something about he cameoed in the Spice World movie, and I went what? Because I hadn't watched it since I was like mm. probably in like my early teens, and so I was like what? Because I didn't really know who he was at that point. Right, mm. I hadn't really watched any of his stuff, and so I immediately went back and had to watch it, and was like oh. Oh my god, he's only in it for about ten seconds, but it doesn't matter because he's lot great. Of cameos. Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie as Poirot specifically. As Poirot, do you yes. think they paid for those cameos, or do you think it was more of Bob like, Hoskins. "Hey man, you want to get involved?" Sure. Some were, some definitely did it to get to the Spice Girls. I know one of the facts in the IMDb trivia trawl, which we'll get to shortly. The, one of the reasons Stephen Fry agreed to do it was so that he could get autographed posters of the Spice Girls for his uh, like nephews because he said it would be worth like 10 Christmases in one go. Right, okay. So, um, you know, there definitely was that connection of the fact, you know, the, you have to remember at the time they were unbelievable, unbelievably phenomenally huge. Mm. Like, oh yeah, no. Like that, that candle burnt very sh- briefly but so brightly as well. Yeah. It was an absolute craze. It's, it's, it seems like was it just the kids? Because obviously this missed me a bit, but the fans of the Spice Girls, yeah. was it just the kids or was it everyone? Pretty much the kids, but I think there was also the fact that, you know, they had a couple of tunes which were um, just fun, peppy tunes. Like Wannabe, mm. Wannabe is still, I, I think, like a really if good If I play Wannabe song. even now, like mm. like when I'm teaching kids stuff, they all just go bananas. They love but the Spice Girls. Is, it, is there something different there? Because I think about like today mm. and let's say One Direction. Uh, yeah. Let's say a few years back when they were super heyday. Yeah. Um, let's say they make this movie. Mm. I can't imagine celebrities being like, "I'll do it just to kind of mm. you know." But I feel like you know, I I feel like I feel like One Direction were like a pretty big deal. But a lot of it was, I mean, you're looking if you're looking at the '90s, you're looking at like what were they been up to like second or third wave feminism and that, that whole idea mm. of like girl power and all mm. of that. Essentially, it was just like, yeah, girls can kick ass and we're going to do things and. Oh, like it was really, really empowering for a lot of younger girls. And I an feel extremely like powerful marketing tool as really well. Really powerful but marketing like that, tools. I mean, that 
even that notion, because I, I mean, I, I think the girl power movement behind um, the Spice Girls was excellent for mm. the time that it came yeah. in, and especially for that younger generation. Mm. But as a cynic, I look at that and I'm like, is it like, mm. is or is it just labeling? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, or, is because, you know, or, the, or is it just kind of like looking at those stereotypes and going like, well, oh, yeah. you know, like I even mean, though you know you can be sporty, to... you can be this, you can be that, you can mm. be whatever. But you, so. you all that that's a really important point as well. Is you look at a lot of the other, even the the boy pop groups, um, but the boy bands and then the subsequent girl bands, very few of them got to the point where they had such individual identities as the Spice Girls. Yeah. I mean, if you look at something like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, I mean, there are we, people yeah. who could, like, rattle off all their names and whatever else. We, okay, which one of them had Justin Timberlake? NSYNC. Yeah, Did NSYNC. they also have Joey Fat One? Or it's, it's, it's spelt, <laughs> it, it's, it's spelt Fat One. It's actually for Tony. Uh, Do you know? Uh, I actually can't remember because mm. I wasn't really big on boy bands. I, mm. I, remember, I was a Spice Girls person. I remember there being, in boy bands especially, there was, like, st- different stereotypes. There'd be mm. the tough one. The sensitive one. Yeah, but know. they weren't like sensitive NSYNC or tough NSYNC. They were like Gary or Phil or whatever their names were. <laughs> but then, well, I mean, then an argument could be made that why is it in the boy band they all get like, they're all individual people, whereas in the Spice Girls they're all different molds. We're you know? all individuals. However, but, but then they're also self-aware of it. Yeah. So you're like, does yeah. that... And it's the kind of the same oh, thing. It's like Westworld. Like, What's what going point, on? <laughs> at what point does this become okay? Okay, you know what? I've just or thought, is it? Can can we please have a crossover of Westworld and Spice World, where yeah. you pay to get, live in this film experience with like it, animatronic Melby? Is it just this again? <laughs> is it just this evil mastermind of like mm. we're going to have someone behind the scenes going, we can do this, but as long as we're outwardly aware of it, we can have the best of both worlds. I mean, look at look at some of the other, like, girl groups, like um, the Pussycat Dolls. Can can you name an individual Pussycat Doll? Um, no. 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 And more recently, things not... like Little Mix. But I mean, you know, yeah. as well, like, th- they weren't... Pussycat Dolls were quite big when I was in, like, high school. Mm. Like, sort of mm, towards the end of my high school career, more yeah. so. But I just didn't particularly like their music. Okay. Because uh, you... I was listening to Linkin Park generation. by then. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> can anyone name anyone from S Club 7? Which was a mix, boys oh, and girls. What a band. I mean, they, they were was really their good. movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you and the imagine? same thing with, like, They had Steps. a TV show, though, They did, they? Yeah. they did. And oh. then you've got, like, Steps. Steps were also, like, oh. a mix of people. Yeah. Um, Aqua, Aqua was a mixed gender group, but I don't think I could name anybody from that either. Mm. Aqua. Mm. Aquaman. No, Aquaman <laughs> wasn't in the group. <laughs> the only, 90s were a magical time for pop like, music. Like, I just watched the movie, but I could only really name Victoria Beckham. Yeah, and that's because only because she's, she's gone still on to do in, more. So I, I could I could tell you their nomin their their their, their titles yeah, yeah yeah you know what I mean but but, I but that's just it name. that was an effective part of forming that identity um, rather than away having from, to remember all their different names like uh, yeah like uh, like do the do the the four ladies from Little Mix who I have no idea who they are is there yeah. like you know oh I'm Pink Mix oh I'm Cement Mix you know is it like <laughs> do they have their mix identity no I, the thing is is yeah. that, no they're a mix whether it was whether it was just a marketing ploy or whether it was sort of a bit of a mixture of stuff mm. I feel like there's not really ever been probably not since the Beatles because everybody knew John Paul Ringo mm. that other guy George <laughs> well I mean the Beatles do move into more band territory than yeah yes yes but they're still one of those big pop super groups that everybody just went bananas mm. over I was talking to somebody a couple of years ago and they basically said to me I don't get what the big deal is about the Beatles like I don't really listen I don't know their songs you know I know of them but like Blasphemy. they're just uh, yeah I don't think they're any good I've not really ever listened to any of their songs if you played one of their songs I wouldn't know if it was them or like 
somebody else entirely. And yeah. I was like, how the hell have you managed to like you? You, you were born in the 20th century. How have you missed the Beatles? I could excuse it maybe if you were born like after the turn of the millennium. Lord, sure. No, I, think, I think it's reasonable. I, I didn't quite get to the Beatles until I was in my late teens to be but to be honest. fair when yeah, you started when you started learning music you started at the 70s and you went in sequential years based on the cd collection in your that's house that's true so i didn't go i didn't I quite visit the, the 60s till later yeah. but yeah back, um, back when i had no space on my on those little usb ipods yeah uh <laughs> you know mb3 players i would have like rage against the machine yep. system of a down yes uh, Crazy Frog. uh red hot chili peppers <laughs> and then beatles like, I was eclectic from the very beginning in my taste. Yeah. yeah. See, I went from Spice Girls to, like, a couple of years later, it was, like, Linkin Park, Slipknot. Yeah. Within, like, a couple of years. Yeah. A little angsty, like, early 2000s yeah. teenage me. Yeah. But I basically looked like Baby Spice, but I was sitting there in a corner listening to, like, Screamo music. It was great. I think that's what they needed. Maybe the Spice Girls needed their angsty phase. You know mm. what I mean? Well, they kind of they did that. They kind of did that was that. the breakup, right? That, that was, was the breakup. Well, then they well then they released an album with just the four of them, mm. sans Jerry. And Jerry went off and had a solo career. And then like Emma had a solo career. And then Mel C had a solo career. And Victoria went off and became a fashion designer and got married to a famous footballer and etc. 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 So they all kind of went off there in separate way. They're looking at doing some stuff again this year. Mm. Um, this year or next year, they're looking at doing like TV specials in like China or somewhere. I think they only just recently announced that. Right. But like, they also tried to do a uh, world tour a couple of years ago, and it just didn't happen. Mm. Just didn't happen. Everyone was so excited, and then it just didn't happen. Aqua did that not too long ago, didn't they? Yeah, but they were. That was actually quite a successful tour, yeah. from what I understand. Just getting it together. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, because there's the five of them, and they've done like lots of different stuff. And you know, Victoria is for a long time was like, you know, I don't want to sing. I don't want to, you know, get up and parade myself in front of people. That's not really my thing. Like out of the five of them, she's probably the shyest of them, really. Mm. You know, she's not somebody who just goes around and just goes like blah 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 and like yeah. talks a lot. So we should probably revisit the film just uh, while while right. I'm thinking about this. Sorry, Tardis bus. Yeah, no, Tardis bus. Yeah. I just I just realised it, it was a you know it was fun, but then I just realised that maybe we're not talking about the film because it's not good. That 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 <laughs> is just ultimately the problem is that this is a bad the reason, film. Yeah, it's a bad film, but the reason that it works and the reason it was so freaking successful is because they as a group were really successful. The film but, was not very successful, like at least not financially. This film cost twenty five million dollars to make. Oh, that's too much. That's it, terrifying. It made twenty nine million dollars in oh. its global box office. Okay, so so define bad film. Um, in your you know subjective personal objective opinion. Okay, well, it's not just that I didn't enjoy it. And that's also not true because I did enjoy bits of this. You know, like when Bob Hoskins comes out at the phone box. and Girl power. Yeah, mm. that, that's great. Like there are <laughs> there are fun moments. I'm really sad he's dead now. Yeah. I'm really that sad happens that he's to dead. people. People die. I know, but it's just really sad because he was really great. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, but, okay, so there are moments which are fun. I think for me, the reason that I consider this film to be a bad film is that there is a very unclear identity to this film. The, and the, plot. Yeah. I mean, plot. some films cannot have a plot and be okay. It's rare, but it does happen. I, I think this film is just a miasma of so much different concepts yeah. that it never quite nails itself down to being there's no singular voice yeah like with the beatles the, 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 the like films like a hard day's night they're also not great films but they're more structured 
in a traditional filmic style. Mm. Yeah. This film almost begrudgingly has moments of like Oh yeah, there's action. a plot. We should yeah, probably like, do like something about that. The sequence where the two agents are pitching the film that we're watching to try and explain the chase sequence to get them there. It almost felt like it was like, okay, we've been farting around for 70 minutes now. We need to actually get the girls to the concert and make it semi-exciting. And I feel as though, for me at least, that is not enjoyable as a viewer. You know, you can you can have as many lukewarm, draggy pop songs in there as you want, and you might and you even enjoy one or two of them. Like, but to be honest, most of the Spice Girls songs, I I'm not particularly a big fan of. I'll be honest. Wanna Wanna Be's good. Yeah. Um, and the one they sing at the end, the um, Spice in All Over the World. What's that song? The um, Spice Up Your Life. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I really like that one. That was like S Club Seven. Mm. Oh was yeah. Good. Which but, Which yeah. one? The one that were like, yes, club, there ain't no party, party like, like a Spice Girl party. party. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop is also a very good song. Stop is, but it yeah, wasn't in this film, else. was it? Stop. So, okay. No. But so. I found a lot of the music that they chose to do, like the opening song from the... Too much. Too much, yeah. It was too much. I did not really like that song. Yeah, but see, they, they really made their money on their big poppy boppy things yeah. rather than their slow stuff, which is a shame because like, something like Viva Forever is actually quite a beautiful song. Although the video clip is real messed up. Go look it up, guys. It's mm. just weird. It's weird. Okay, so this is my follow-up question. Then. Yeah. So if we can say, objectively, it's not a good film. Yeah. And you've probably heard this me say this before, but my... Sincerest belief is that if you know what you're going in for, yeah. you'll never be disappointed. When it comes to movies, uh, uh, and, and and if they know what they're doing, you know what I mean. They're like, we're going to make a fun, silly movie that's just going to be about celebrating the Spice Girls. Mm. Uh, with that in mind, if that's what they wanted to do, if that's what the audience is going to see, if that's what mm. young Ellen is uh, <laughs> is going in for, when is, we knew that I just they were breaking up. I just want to see them on the big screen and, mm. and do some crazy stuff and be the Spice Girls. And it, it, did they achieve that? I would argue that they did. Well, yes, but that's setting the bar like on the ground. That's not even raising it at all. Well, I, mean, I find yeah. that that's, very that's... offensive to preteen girls mm. because they are a force to be reckoned with. Oh, I know I used to be one. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. But that, but, uh, that that assumes that there is a bar somewhere and everything doesn't just exist in its own place. Okay. And now we're There's getting no into the high art, scale. low art debate. I'm okay. having so, like. Flashbacks so to my thesis, yeah. Let's let's flash back, if you would. If you take a moment to sure. meditate and find yourself in the mind of younger you. Seven, uh, eight, nine-year-old me, yeah, yeah. All right, take the time. Here we yeah. go. Three, two, one. Hello. Uh, what did you think of the film? To be honest, it was kind of awkward watching it with my dad. Okay. And but apart from that, I was just like, yeah. But like, I was at the point where okay, because this it came out in ninety seven, like everywhere else, and it came out ninety eight in Australia. Mm. Now, when did they break up in ninety eight? It was around. It was a couple of weeks after the film came out here. I yeah. think it was an April release here and a May split up. Yeah, exactly. So, but it was already in the pipelines. There was already lots of whispers going around that they were breaking up, and so. Part of the reason I had to go with my dad is because none of my friends wanted to go with me because the Spice Girls weren't cool anymore mm. for a lot of people at this point. But me, I was like, I really like this stuff and I'm excited about this movie and, you know, like, screw you. So I think, yeah, small me would have just been, like, stoked. And then I got the VHS of it and I watched that a million times. And, you know, it was just... It was just a really fun film. Yeah. And it was, it was more just getting to see these guys up on stage. I also... Mm. This is quite funny. A couple of years later... Um, there was an Australian um, cover group called Spice Four. They like 
tooled around because right. the Spice Girls never really like made it to Perth because of course not. Yep. we're very far away from everything and nobody ever comes here. Um, and especially in the 90s. But what happened is that they had they, they started this group after Jerry left because they're like, we can capitalize on this. We'll do like fake Spice Girls concerts with like four of them without mm. Jerry. Um and yeah, they were a bunch of um, they were a bunch of Australian singers, like young Australian singers, and they did like fake Spice Girl concerts, and I went to it, <laughs> and it was terrible. So yes, uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is if that's what they set out to achieve, mm. yeah, and they achieved it, can you then still say that it was a bad film? Yes, yes. I can. I think and, so. Allow me to explain why I can do that. Um. It is, it is exactly what it is that it, they make. They set it out to be. You know, it is just a bit of fun. It's seeing the Spice Girls on the silver screen. That's great. Okay, but you know, you can go out and you can achieve that particular goal. But it is also, it, it you know, it is also a film. It can't disguise the, the the fact that it's a bad film by just saying, oh, but it's a Spice World film. You know, it's like you do go in with an expectation of like, okay, is this going to be The Godfather? Probably not. You know, they, we're probably not going to have, you know, Mel B beating like a gang member yeah. to death with a baseball bat like De Niro. In Although there's the a lot of there's a lot of physical violence and they're slapping each other. There is, yeah. But yes, yeah, so you're not expecting like high no. drama, but at the same time. You know, we're looking at this film a good two decades after Spice Mania has worn off. You know, we're able to look at it in a more objective manner mm. of this is a film, very much a film of its time, like, oh, yeah. like to almost like the week it was made of <laughs> its time. And it suffers from a subsequent viewing because it was so concentrated on that time period, but at the same time had very little effort put into things that make, for me at least, films enjoyable. Things like... Timeless themes and all those kind of things. um, (laughs) Character development, characters, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. 20 cameos is great. I love seeing Bob Geldof with Mel B's hair. That's funny. Um, But you can't do that for 90 minutes and expect the film to be fine, because otherwise... All films would be that. We would be watching just... Films would just be that. And films aren't that. Films have to do different things and be better than that for us to enjoy them. Otherwise, the medium would die. If every film was like Spice World, cinema would be dead. That That is basically... that. That's my point. It's okay. a bad film and okay. it's allowed to be so a So let me film. ask you this right now. Yeah. All right? Now, obviously, context <laughs> is king. Yes. Right? If I... And I'll freely admit, if I'd watched that film on my own, I'd be like, this is just god-awful. Yeah. Uh, but right now, mm. we just watched it. We did. As a group. We did. And I enjoyed that experience. I did as well. Yeah, it was uh, good. I was, so, I was actually enjoying watching your, like, responses sent things, especially when I knew there was, like, stuff coming up, like cameos. I was, like, kind of like... Oh, yeah. When Stephen Fry turned up, you moved about <laughs> two feet. It was amazing. <laughs> so, if... That is the case. I mean, okay, so like you think of something like um, uh, uh, classic cinema, Manos, Hands of Fate, uh, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, these mm. films that were just god-awful, where mm. you can see terrible mechanics and like these mm. side Films that you study in film school as bad examples of films, yeah, right? Which then, in and of themselves, become something else because they're shot. Mm. Would this come under that category? If you were to say mm. to someone, this is how you don't do a cash-in. <laughs> well, I would say this isn't how you do a cash-in because they only made $4 million. That would be my, that would be my, my point to that. But 
there's a lot of reasons why they didn't make that money. Yeah, it was a bad film. That's the <laughs> and word gets around when a film's bad, people mm. don't go see. It. And also, they probably were affected by the fact that the band was breaking up as well. And Big things, time. You know, Big thing, time. things of that nature. Nobody but, wanted to come see it with. But me. also, maybe it's a reason why we we don't traditionally see big pop groups make films because well we do but they're not film films yeah well that's just it they're not film films they're documentaries Mm. whereas you know like the beatles did it and it worked for them very manufactured documentaries to be fair but maybe that's why we haven't seen like a one direction film where zane and louis are solving crimes in belgium or something no harry styles just went off to go and do dunkirk instead yeah but but that's just it i think it's because the the there just isn't the demand from the market out there to have these films. I think they tried it with Spice World and it it sort of just about limped over the line. And, you know, you, you would need the band to be, like, more popular than the Spice Girls were yeah, good luck. For, for it to happen. And that's just it. You're not really going to get that situation. You yeah. know, maybe One Direction at a certain point in their, in their time period. Yeah. But by the time you then put the film into production and the fact that... You know, take, making a film takes time. Making a good film takes more time, and you're then taking them away from other opportunities, which are more guaranteed uh, financial earners. It makes sense why we just don't see big band films. So I've had a thought. Ooh, <laughs> are the Spice Girls inherently satirical? Uh, no. As a so? as a as like a as I, like I, a pop group, because or I was thinking you were saying like film. we don't we don't get um, band movies right uh what we get is the documentary but i'm thinking we do get media based on musicians but those musicians are often uh satirical in nature or they don't come from like spinal tap and yeah they don't come from a straight musical background they they come from a comedic thing but then the music comes in as part of their act yeah Mm. um and i'm thinking well that's that's a viable maneuver and then i'm thinking but then you look at the spice girls and the way that they are, as we've discussed, is so self-aware mm. and so self-referential, yet um, embracing of that. Are the Spice Girls inherently a satire of themselves? I don't think they started out that way. I think maybe they, you could became. argue they became that, but I would say that they was maybe not an intentional original decision. Okay. Um, in the film? In the film? They were? Maybe a little bit. But I'm not. And to be honest, convinced. as well, that way they could also say, you know, we're singers, we're performers, we're not actors, mm. we're not, mm. you know, we're not claiming that we can come on here and do like great Shakespeare acting or whatever. Like, mm. you know, that's not what this is about. So if anybody had criticised them for stuff, they'd be like, well, you know, we're, we're not, we're not actors. Yeah, we just did this for a laugh. I think they were a setter, <laughs> especially in that film. Especially, mm. uh, I think the way that they were themselves the way they represented themselves in that film as you said it's almost a kind of um it's an excuse for lack of a better word as to why the film isn't maybe at the quality that it needs to be uh but then throughout like they ham up every the bus alone is enough of an example of them just absolutely going look at us we're the spice girls this is what we do even though the reality is just so different you know oh yeah would you guys like some IMDb trivia? Always. Yes. 
Excellent. Okay. Uh, two real-world deaths after filming prompted edits to the film. Mentions of Princess Diana and Gianni Versace were made in the film. Oh, right. really? God, I was just reading about that the other day, mm. about Versace getting killed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were removed um, because they were obviously, it was in that time period between filming and uh, release. Yeah, they, they went, ah, crap. Yeah, so the, those references were Can't removed. Can't speak ill of the dead. It's just in good taste. Yeah. Sir Elton John appears in this film. Uh, the girls are friends with him in real life. In 1997, the Spice Girls sang Don't Go Breaking My Heart with him on a television event called An Audience with Elton John. Nice. Doesn't surprise me at all. Mm. Jason Isaacs had a cameo in this film. Did he really? As a pretentious author and poet, but it was cut. No! Mm. Who's Jason Isaacs? Uh, Lucius, Lucius Malfoy. Malfoy. Right! Mm. And what? Hook in the live-action Peter Pan. Slash Mr. Darling. Yeah. Okay. Mm. There you go. And uh, in Green Zone, he jumps out of a helicopter and punches Matt Damon in the face. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, great, yeah great fun. I, it's really not, but it's just great for Jason Isaacs playing like an SAS operative. It's kind of brilliant. He's great. <laughs> Frank Bruno, the British boxer, was originally cast to be the tour bus driver. Uh, but the film, he, uh, he left the film after a security guard prevented his son, Franklin, from having an on-set photograph with the girls. Ooh. So yeah, he he just left the film because the security guard wouldn't let his son have a picture with them. So it had to be more to it than that. No, I'm, I, it's Frank Bruno. I could imagine him getting cross enough to just do that. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't he just be like fire that guy rather than quit? No, I, I he's a, he's a he, maybe maybe a spur of the moment type person. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it could have been Frank, Frank Bruno instead of Meatloaf. It's interesting the thought process of going. Oh no, we cast this like big burly boxer character. Who do we get now? Meatloaf. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in my in my like in my ideal image, Meatloaf was just like there. Yeah, he was just on set at like the the. He just know, the like, craft turned table. up. Yeah, he was just there, kind of like stealing food, and they went, "Hey, Meatloaf. Yep, want to be in it? Sure, <laughs> I'm in." Um. Bob Spires, who was the director, uh, had been working in America on a Disney film called That Darn Cat. Oh, wow. Um, he was... What un- a name. Now, he... Have you the- not seen that film? That Darn Cat? You haven't seen That Darn Cat? No. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not surprised it's, um, based on his... It's, his um... Current... Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um... I think Christina Ricci... Ricci. Christina Ricci, she's in it. Okay. I think. Anyway, because he was working on this film, he was unaware of the group when he was offered the job because he just didn't know who the Spice Girls were. He'd missed the whole craze. Um, he wasn't a preteen girl. Jennifer Saunders, who is also in this film, yes. advised him that he should take it. And so he arrived at a meeting with them at a New York City hotel, but he had no idea what they looked like. Amazing. So yeah, they managed to find the one person in the world who didn't know who the Spice Girls were to direct it. That seems like a bad idea. Mm. Or a great idea. No, we saw the film. It was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Now, uh, Mr. Step, you may remember, was played by uh, British TV personality Michael Barrymore. Yes. They did have another actor in mind who was offered the role first, mm. but they turned it down. So this is someone who turned down the opportunity to cameo in the Spice World movie, <laughs> which it, it, apparently there's not many people that did that. Seems, well, in England. Yeah. And it was John Cleese. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, yeah, I, can, I could see them. I could see them asking him. I could also see him just being like, no, I yeah. don't think so. No, don't think I'll be doing that. No, thank you. Yeah, he would have been good. He would have been great. But, but yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see why they wanted him. But yeah. I can also like see, very much see him just being like, 
Another uh, British actor who wanted to be in this film, but unfortunately couldn't do it because of scheduling, was Gary Oldman. What, he, what was he really? going to be? They didn't. They don't specify what he was going to do, but he was. He just couldn't do it because of scheduling. His sons were both massive Spice Girls fans. Oh, right. Man. So I think there's. I think it's a lot of like parents of <laughs> kids in the nineties who yeah. were like, better do the film. Kind of like Robbie Coltrane, and it was his kids who were like, no, you have to be Hagrid yeah. in the Harry mm. Potter films, or we will disown you. Mm. Yeah, good work, kids. <laughs> He's probably very thankful for that. Oh yeah. Um. Stephen E. Grant appeared in the film basically for the money and also because his preteen daughter was a fan of the Spice Girls. So that's why he took the job as well. Do you think they offered him a lot of money? Like, uh, do you think a lot of these cameos got paid their, what rates they would kind of normally get? Or a do you lot think of it was a big part would've... of it was like, it'll be one day shooting, you'll get to meet the Spice Girls, kind of like bring the kids or something like that, you know, like that kind of negotiation of like, it'll be an experience for you, you know. Maybe. I mean, for example, Roger Moore had never heard of the Spice Girls. He's the other guy. uh, When they approached him to be in the film, but he agreed to do it. And Victoria Beckham actually got a signed photograph um, because she was a big fan, apparently. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, quite sweet. Good old Roger Moore. According to the film's producer, Barnaby Thompson, there were plans to have then British Prime Minister Tony Blair make a cameo in the film. Uh, he'd be giving a press conference outside 10 Downing Street where he would be about to reveal who his favourite Spice Girl is, but is then cut off. Of course. Gosh, that of would course. have been his biggest... Those girls... Those, the girls actually got in quite a lot of trouble because like, they, they, um, they, they pinched Prince Charles on the bum mm. at an event. Jerry, Jerry Halliwell pinched him on the bum, which was okay. like not the done thing. You don't pinch royalty on the bum as you go past them. That was like a big scandal. It was in like all the papers and they were like, oh, mm. yep, you can't that do that. Sounds like England. Yeah, more or less. Yep. Uh, filming was quite tricky for this uh, particular production, partly because of a heavy media presence. When Because obviously that it was following them around. So right. It made the filming quite tricky. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually have a organize a crowd for that opening scene where they try and sneak out the back. I think that was just there. They explain <laughs> why there was so many close sets. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. kind of yeah. like stuff that you could clearly see was constructed in a studio. Yeah. Um, they yeah. Could, yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't it would have been. It would have been nearly thing. impossible. Yeah. I like, mean, can you imagine them trying to actually be on a bus to shoot this? Like. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It would have been totally insane. It was like Beatlemania, same mm-hmm. sort of level of fanaticism, mm-hmm. just in a different way. And finally, so Roger Moore was highly appreciative of Richard E. Grant because uh, Richard showed up on set on his day off. To feed Roger Moore his lines for the phone conversations. Aww. So you know that's how you can tell Richard's a pretty good guy. You'd have to say, you know, it's his day off. Just and ignore he... his sideburns and soul patch. Well, I, I, I mean, we saw in that that post credit scene he didn't have them, so that's obviously makeup. Mm. I don't think he grew them. So oh, okay, that that so. changes everything. That's unfortunate because okay. they look great. <laughs> mm. So. Let's score the film. Ooh. Uh, so uh, you may remember, Dean. Uh, no. We, I, okay, go on. We like to score these things out of 10. Yep. Uh, one being not good. Just, mm. just, just so you know, numbers near one are probably the ones you want to pick for this one. Uh, and 10 being the best of the best. Um, Ellen, we'll start with you. As, as the Spice Girls fan, what would you give the Spice World movie out of 10? Oh, probably only about six because it's not a great film. It's, no. it's, it's. Looking at it through nostalgia goggles is fun, but you know it's not a great film, and I accept that. It's just a good, fun one to sit and watch and be like, "Ah, oh, I remember when these guys are really popular and not crap." Mm. No, that's <laughs> fair. Okay, Dean, what would you give the film out of ten? I elect to uh, come up with my own system. You do this all the time uh, because I don't think it's fair to put a numerical value on these kinds of. No, things. it's not, but it's also fun. So you know. Okay. 
So, on a scale of spice up your life yeah. to uh, uh, if you want to be my lover, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this... Are you trying to think of another title? I am. Stop. I'm going to give this a <laughs> stop right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I need somebody with a human touch. Uh, yeah. And, and obviously everyone will understand completely what that means. A four. No. Oh, a three? No. A six? No. Okay. It's a non-numerical value. Yes. Mm, okay. Well, it's I'm an g- esoteric. Well, I'm going to put it down as a four for my <laughs> statistics. Um. I didn't enjoy it, but I also did. It's it's one of those weird films where it is unquestionably this is what I mean like, just a bad film. But yeah. there are moments where it's enjoyable, and I think it it it's definitely it's more of a time capsule. I think that is maybe oh, big time. the big thing that it serves. Yeah. Its purpose these days is mm. this is what the end of nineteen ninety seven was like, yeah. minus all the stuff about Princess Diana being dead, because yeah. obviously. But I guess yeah. that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, mm. if I had to score it, it wouldn't be, you know, uh, uh, an objective score on the on, on the quality of the film. It wouldn't be high. Mm. But if I then factor in, did I enjoy it? Did I enjoy coming in here and watching it with you guys? Mm. Then the score goes up. So it's two each there, Ryan. Mm. You know? And to me, I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it two meatloaves out of ten. Um, wow! Yeah, those is that your lowest ones. score that you've given thus far? Oh, easily. Ah. It, yeah, look. But to those, are those worth more? Are, are two meatloaves worth more than what? Than like regular stars or points? No, they were ever. But, they're all worth exactly the same. But meatloaves, it's like a nine-minute song by mm. the hell. So that's obviously twice the length of a regular song. So by the transitive properties, you're actually giving it a four out of five. In that case, it's <laughs> two kids that were meant to be on a nice holiday trip but got thrown into the water and that was of very negligent out yeah. of 10. <laughs> okay. But are you adjusting for like their buoyancy? So, <laughs> Dean and uh, Ellen, thank you very much for joining me. On... I didn't get to talk about my thing that I oh, did. Oh, yes. Though. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Please, please. Yeah, uh, yes, we have an extra special bonus We do have thing. an extra special bonus thing because the Spice Girls actually inadvertently helped me to get my very first ever modelling gig. What? For real. Um, so what happened is that in 2000, 2001-ish, around then, um, it would have been late 2000, they released their album with the four of them, which I think was called Forever, which is quite ironic, really, considering that they'd kind of semi-broke it up at that point. (laughs) But what happened is that I was a reader of Barbie magazine back in the day, and they had a Spice Girls competition. So it was dress up as your favorite Spice Girl. And if you win, you might get to be on the cover of the magazine. So Mm. I kind of, I didn't really cheat, but I had just done a dance routine. We did a troupe where we were all, we were all dressed up as the Spice Girls. It was like a medley of their songs. And so I sent a photograph of me in my baby Spice costume and I won the competition. And they essentially like rang my mum up and were like, hey, so we'd really like, we know that you're in Perth, but can you get over to Sydney? Because if you can, then uh, Ellen can be in the whole fashion spread in the April edition wow. of the magazine. There you go. So, yeah, the Spice Girls inadvertently helped me to get into my first ever modelling thing. Uh, Not that and, I got paid for it, but, you know, that's And Stephen fine. still gave them a two. Like, I know, right? Two God, and a half. Stephen. Like, how do you wake up in the morning knowing <laughs> that you're just a monster? 
Raw. <laughs> um, yes, uh, we actually have that magazine with us I here. I did bring the magazine. Oh my goodness! Uh, so it's we'll, great. Well, show yeah, go, go show it to Dean. Yeah, and um, for those listening at home, we'll put up uh, an image on the Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com okay, for uh, and search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. It's no K Zone magazine. Wow, it is you. You're holding a bunny rabbit, just like the chief. Ellen was young once. Ellen was young once and adorable and cuddled a bunny. And didn't make jokes about eating it, although I probably wanted to. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this uh, magnum opus of a film. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dean and Truly, that Ellen. Part. Yes. Dean and Ellen, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. Thanks for letting me bully you into letting me be on this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. If you'd like to see pictures of Ellen dressed as Baby Spice or indeed uh, just any other information about the podcast, then you can do that. Just find us on Facebook and search for The Cinema Catch-Up Club. You can, of course, download this podcast from iTunes and from SoundCloud and all the other podcasting and podcatching providers. And we'd really appreciate if you're able to leave a review. Uh, preferably more than two out of ten like I did today. But, you know, reviews <laughs> of the actual podcast. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, then please leave a review. What. Okay, so... What is the kind of unit of measurement for... Is it downloads for, for SoundCloud? Uh, yeah, although you can also do some reviews and ratings. I'll tell you what, when we reach 50,000, mm-hmm. we'll all dress up as Spice Girls. Okay. You've got to be Baby Spice, though. Sure. Done. I have yeah. the wig and everything. I'm ready. Excellent. Right. All right, so there you have it, <laughs> listeners. When we hit 50,000, we will, we will do a photo shoot as the Spice Girls with Sick. Dean as Baby. And... Finally, for all other information, uh, we can be found at thoughtjarproductions.com. And there's the Patreon. Can't forget that. If you want to get involved there, just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. But that is all for this week. So until next time. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really want. <laughs> I wanna, 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 Oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really want a You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.